You may have noticed that something strange has happened. In the last week or so, suddenly the mainline bishops of the church and the Catholic News establishment have turned their attention to us. And by us, I mean to any Catholic who in any way identifies themselves as a traditionalist. Whether that is because you attend a traditional Latin Mass or an Eastern Rite liturgy, or because you just trust the teachings of the popes and bishops before the Second Vatican Council more than those of the current crop of prelates, or for whatever other reason you have for calling yourself that, it cannot be denied that the world of traditionalist Catholics has gotten the attention of the bishops. But why has that happened? There are two reasons most often cited by others who notice this, and I'll give you those reasons today. It's an interesting thing to watch, and I haven't seen the mainstream figures of the church talk about people like us this much, almost to the point that it's making me a bit wary. And that's a sad statement by itself, and it should be, given that it means that I and many of you have little trust in these men. The best example I can give you of this is the very strange tweet that happened a few days ago from Bishop Robert Barron. Quote, Friends, I'm a traditionalist. I stand with Christian revelation and the entirety of the church's teaching, from the Council of Jerusalem through Nicaea, Chalcedon, and Trent. Since the church's tradition includes the Second Vatican Council, it's therefore impossible to repudiate Vatican II and claim to be a faithful traditionalist. There's nothing traditional about rejecting an ecumenical council. End quote. For the record, that tweet got retweeted apparently by Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church as well. Bishop Robert Barron called himself a traditionalist because he doesn't reject the Second Vatican Council. Now, imagine that. I'll admit that I found this to be a hilarious tweet. I literally laughed for a solid minute when it came across my Twitter feed. This tweet was meant to be the launching point for marketing some video of his that presumably was made in response to an email or letter he received that asked him what he thought about traditionalism, which is suspect in itself. I mean, imagine not already knowing what Bishop Robert Barron thinks of the traditionalist movement. And make no mistake, it is a movement. This is a movement to restore the teachings and liturgy of the church to what it once was. It's a movement to reject the modernist heresy and all its rotten fruit in the church, and Barron knows that very well. He knows it so well, in fact, that he spent most of the rest of the week tweeting about how great the main minds behind the Second Vatican Council were, and how great of Catholics they were, and how they should be emulated. But Barron is wrong at the very least on this account, that to be a tr traditionalist you can't, be, you can't reject a council. The Synod of Pistoia is one example, though to be fair, that was a diocesan synod led by a bishop, but it was rejected by the church. And oddly, it was rejected because it taught collegiality and a bunch of other nonsense that was taught later by the Second Vatican Council. But that synod is a subject for another time, and in all transparency, it is the synod used by Sedevacantus to argue that the only real position for traditionalists is Sedevacantism. But what was all this about? Barron isn't the only mainstream modernist bishop suddenly talking about traditionalism. Francis never really stopped talking about us. I mean, we are the rigid Neopelagians that he often mentions when he's in front of the cameras. At the beginning of this podcast, I stated that there were two principal reasons being cited for this sudden interest in us. At Catholic Family News, an article by Stephen Cox sums up the first view. Headline, Establishment Churchmen Rush to Defend Vatican II After Vigano's Remarks. A link to the article is in the show notes on the sources blog at returntotradition.org. The author of this piece cites the sudden flurry of letters by Archbishop Vigano for the move by the bishops, 
not because he's writing more and giving a lot of interviews lately, but because of the attention they've gotten, including from the president. Mostly, quoting that article, quote, Up until now, Archbishop Vigano has largely been ignored by the power brokers who run what Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre originally referred to as the conciliar church. Catholic writers and media outlets have been content to dismiss him as someone who touts absurd claims about the James Martin issue in the church. In recent days, His Excellency has received more attention than usual, undoubtedly because of the president's tweet thanking him for his letter, but also because of the increasingly stringent, nerve-striking assaults on the Second Vatican Council. Predictably, conciliar authorities have leapt into action over the last two weeks, although Pope Francis has remained utterly silent in order to prevent Catholics from thinking the Council was in any way discontinuous with the past, as Vigano suggests it was. End quote. I had to sanitize that a bit for the strange sensibilities of our lovely hosts who are always totally fair in everything they do, and that's why you didn't see it on your screen. But the author has a point there. Surely there is at least part of the issue we're seeing. I mean, the author goes on to describe the reactions from George Weigel and Bishop Barron, both of whom clearly are targeting and trying to marginalize Vigano's reach, and that's fine. It's to be expected from the men in their positions. And Cox rebuts it in this way, quote, Catholics today, especially youth, aren't buying what Barron and Weigel are selling. The Vatican II Church, a term that Bishop Thomas Tobin of Rhode Island used in a smear attempt against Vigano last week, is a collapsing church. Not only has it been hemorrhaging vocations for decades, the so-called new evangelization, how long are we going to hear that term for anyway, another three decades, has been an unmitigated disaster for the faith. A tree is known by its fruits. Father Joseph Clifford Fenton, an American priest who attended the council, wrote in his diary in 1962 that, from the surface appearance, it would seem that the Lord Christ is abandoning his church. As far as I can see, the church is going to be very badly hurt by this council. Undoubtedly, he was right. End quote. But I said there was a second reason for this, one that must be combined with a sudden influence of Vigano and those who generally support the things he says publicly. That second reason is the otherwise forgotten survey sent out by Rome about Samorum Pontificum and the traditional Latin Mass. That survey was sent out a couple of months ago to all the bishops of the Latin Rite, and it asked them to report on attendance, behavior, and the attitude of priests, and the general impressions of the bishops to Samorum Pontificum. When it went out, a good number of the commentators in this sphere expressed concern about it, and for good reason. We have no doubt that restricting access to the mass of the ages is something that the powers that be will take any excuse to do. By now, those surveys should have been returned, and they're supposed to be back by the end of this month. And I'm betting that Rome received an answer that they weren't expecting. And there's a number of reasons why that might have happened. Now, I'm not going to suggest something as absurd as there being widespread support among most bishops for the traditional Latin liturgy. Far from it. The number of faithful who want access to the Mass who don't have it because of the bishops is well known, and I don't deny it. But that doesn't mean that the bishops don't quietly put up with it either, and here's why. It's a well-known fact that attendance at the Latin Mass is more consistent than that at the Novus Ordo. Few deny this, with surveys in the past that I've highlighted here saying that weekly attendance among Novus Ordo Catholics being at times a paltry 23%, give or take, meaning less than a quarter of mainline Catholics attend the new liturgy weekly. At TLM parishes, weekly Mass attendance is a staggering 98%. Think of the implications for the collection plate alone with those numbers. Speaking of collection, past data I've reviewed here says that traditionalist Catholics tend to give more, not less, 
to their parishes than is often the case at Novus Ordo parishes. Again, these are averages. Now, I'm sure that there are some among you who give generously to your Novus Ordo parish, and this is not an indictment of you or your personal mass attendance habits or your generosity. It's rather what the research reveals, and that data is known to the bishops of the church as well. They know full well what parishes in their diocese provide tax, diocesan tax revenue to them and which ones don't provide that revenue. So they may not like what the fraternity or institute of Christ the King having a parish in their town, but they are supported by those groups being in their diocese. The same is generally true of diocesan indult masses being said as well. Plus, if I were a modernist bishop, I'd rather have all the trads in one, one or two places in my diocese and not in the regular parishes, mostly to keep their influence in check. Now, at the start of this, I'd said I'd give you two reasons for this sudden att attention from the hierarchy, but I'm actually going to give you a third one, and it's related to point number two. Call it reason 2.5 if need be, and it's this. We're hearing anecdotally that since masses have reopened in most places, that attendance at the Novus Ordo has almost collapsed. It's visibly and noticeably down from where it was before everything shut down. We also know, anecdotally, that attendance at the TLM is increasing, with masses being added in parishes to accommodate the demand. I can say from first-hand experience that I've seen some new faces at my parish lately, and this is an odd time for people to be finding new parishes, all things considered. That fact cannot have been missed by the bishops either, and they probably can't figure out why this is happening. But I know why. It's a failure of leadership, pure and simple. After all, the disrespect of the Blessed Sacrament that we're seeing now cannot be denied. It's like what the bishop from Kazakhstan said in his public letter that I put on this channel last week, if you haven't seen it, when he said that the Eucharist was being treated like trash. Any Catholic with a functioning sense of faith who isn't fully in the grip of fear right now should be appalled at what they're seeing. And when seeing that at their parish, they may begin to realize that what many of us have been saying for literally decades is probably true, that there is something rotten in the church right now, and the only option to escape it is to flee to tradition, to the faith that's taught by our forebears. This collapse in attendance of the Novus Ordo in some places certainly has not escaped the attention of the bishops, which is another reason for their full-throated defense of the Second Vatican Council. Now, don't let them get away with this, though. They need some pushback. They need to hear that we know that something is rotten. Whichever opinion you take on the matter, that either the whole thing needs to be scrapped or that it needs to have the good salvaged and the rest corrected, whichever is your opinion, they need to hear it because it's their job to fix the problems. Though, to be honest, I don't expect them to because they are fully invested in the council to the point that, as the article I quoted states, they call it the Church of Vatican II, and others have called it the Church of the New Advent. They're very much fully invested in it, so defense is all they can really do. It certainly is interesting times we live in, isn't it? Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.